even people who originally were concerned about the SEC whistleblower program have to acknowledge that it's been wildly successful. And in this time of deeply divided politics, it's nice when government works. This is Briefly, a production of the University of Chicago Law Review. Today we'll be discussing the SEC whistleblower program, and here to help us understand this topic is Jordan Thomas, who was one of the principal architects of that program when he served as an assistant director at the SEC. Mr. Thomas is now a partner at Labaton Sasharo, where he established the nation's first whistleblower practice focused exclusively on federal securities law violations. Mr. Thomas, thank you very much for joining us. Okay, so Mr. Thomas, can you just quickly walk us through what the SEC whistleblower program is and how it works? So after the financial crisis and the Madoff scandal, uh, uh, the financial watchdogs uh, were looking for ways to improve uh, securities enforcement. And uh, one of the ways that they came up with was developing the SEC whistleblower program. It is a program that has three pillars. Uh, One pillar is the ability to report anonymously. The second is our employment protections. And the third is the ability to receive a monetary award. And this system of awards, so this functions kind of like a bounty for bringing a a complaint that turns into an SEC case. How does it work exactly? Is, Is the whistleblower automatically entitled to the bounty or is it conditional on bringing a successful case? The way it works is a whistleblower will report possible securities violations to the SEC. The SEC will uh, investigate or not investigate. If they choose to investigate uh, and find wrongdoing, and that wrongdoing results in monetary sanctions in excess of a million dollars, then the whistleblower can apply for an award. If uh, they are given an award, uh, they would receive a monetary award between 10 and 30% of the monetary sanctions collected. And that can be quite significant because the SEC collects more than uh, $4 billion a year in monetary sanctions. So you were involved in the process of getting the whistleblower program through Congress. Uh, Can you just briefly describe what the process was like in getting the whistleblower program into our securities laws? So uh, Chairman um, Mary Shapiro, uh, the chairman of the SEC at the time, was going through her confirmation hearings after the Madoff scandal and the financial crisis. And one of the key questions that Congress uh, people were asking her was, what are you going to do differently? How are are you going to fix what's broken? And one of her primary initiatives was to assess the viability of a uh, whistleblower program for the SEC. And so once she was confirmed, uh, she asked a handful of us to assess the viability. And in the process, uh, we um, uh, went to different agencies and looked at the potential of the program and ultimately recommended to her that we uh, seek legislation to establish an SEC whistleblower program. And um, I and a handful of others lobbied uh, Congress uh, for the program Uh, helped to write the proposed legislation, and then a much larger group of us worked on the rules. And then after we established the program, I decided that I wanted to represent whistleblowers, and that's what I've been doing ever since. And now that you're no longer at the SEC and you're working in private practice, how does your work with whistleblowers differ now from when you were on the public side? Well, in many ways, we're on the same side of the table as law enforcement because What we're doing is we're uh, working with whistleblowers to develop evidence and then 
present it to law enforcement authorities. And then once law enforcement authorities engage in investigation, we help them to develop their case uh, so that uh, the SEC can be successful or, or the Department of Justice can be successful. What type of legal violations are available to whistleblowers? I know that the SEC has a number of responsibilities, including enforcing the securities laws, uh, regulating investment advisors or broker-dealers. So can a whistleblower bring a complaint with regard to any of those various regulatory areas? Any federal securities violation uh, would qualify for the program. The, the three most common types of of uh, violations that are reported to the SEC are those involving accounting or disclosure violations, um, market manipulations, uh, offering frauds, uh, but really any uh, federal securities violation uh, would be uh, eligible to participate in the program. Can you give us some examples of what the typical whistleblower case looks like? I can tell you that the most common reason that people report or factor that exists when people report to me and ultimately to the law enforcement authorities is that they report it internally and they perceive that they were retaliated against because of it. The motive for people reporting uh, wrongdoing is varied. Uh, it's everything from trying to protect the organization to um, uh, being deeply troubled by uh, what's happening to the victims. And there are some people who are opportunistic and see uh, reporting as an opportunity uh, to, whether it's advance their career, take out a competitor, or receive uh, a monetary award that they wouldn't otherwise be eligible for. Considering that some of these complaints might at least in part be opportunistic, what is the responsibility of the SEC or lawyers on the private side for filtering the good cases from the bad ones? I don't believe that the majority of uh, whistleblowers are opportunistic. I think there are some. I think it's a small group. Um, and the best proof of that is more than 80% of people report internally first. And if you only get paid if you report to the SEC and you could do it anonymously, why would you report internally first if your primary objective was just making money? And so I, I don't think that's the primary motive, but I do think that it is a motive. But who bears the responsibility? Is it the SEC or the private sector or both? in terms of determining which whistleblower cases are promising and which are not? The SEC receives uh, 30,000 tips, complaints, referrals a year. They can only actively investigate about two to 3,000. And so um, there's, there's a natural sort of uh, triaging of tips to determine uh, the ones that they are going to invest resources in and uh, ultimately will be successful. The SEC makes that uh, makes those calls, and they have been doing it for years. Even before the SEC whistleblower program, they were receiving lots of tips, and they had to kind of decide which ones were the most promising, the, one, the cases that were most significant. And they, they're continuing to do that. And more broadly, what about your experiences working at the SEC or in private practice made you think that uh, a whistleblower program was a useful fix for dealing with some of the issues you've identified? And did you consider alternatives as well? Well, I don't mean to suggest that uh, the whistleblowing program was kind of the one answer to, to the problems that were identified after the financial crisis and the Madoff scandal, but it was one of the, the most significant initiatives. One of the key takeaways from our kind of soul searching after, after the financial crisis was that the status quo wasn't working and that responsible organizations 
regulators and law enforcement authorities to be effective and efficient um, needed the help of knowledgeable individuals uh, to report wrongdoing. And it sort of makes sense because all of the biggest cases that the Department of Justice brings tends to involve whistleblowers or cooperators in their cases. And the SEC didn't have that uh, prior to the SEC whistleblower program. They tended to follow the news. So if there, were, there was a scandal that uh, became, became public, they would begin an investigation and then they would prosecute uh, the wrongdoers. Whistleblowers allow the SEC to stop problems sooner and to be more efficient in the manner in which they investigate and prosecute because they have evidence uh, of the wrongdoing. Sometimes my clients bring recordings, uh, boxes of documents, and they will testify in court about what they saw. So when I hear about a whistleblower program based on bounties or rewards for bringing successful cases, it kind of reminds me of the era when we had bounty hunters as a big part of our law enforcement system and in an era where there wasn't a lot of money spent on police or federal investigations or anything of that nature. We would often deputize private citizens to do some of that work. So is that part of what's going on in the SEC context as well? Is part of the issue that the SEC is underfunded or that it you know, lacks sufficient resources and staff to adequately investigate issues that, that whistleblowers are bringing? So in, in an ideal world, would it be better to just really increase the funding or staff of the SEC and not have to rely on private citizens to bring forth these whistleblower complaints? There's no question that the SEC and other financial regulators would benefit what, with uh, greater resources, but uh, that wouldn't be enough. The old way in which the SEC worked was essentially like a beat cop without the benefit of a 911 system. So they were placing the streets, looking for wrongdoing, as opposed to having people talk to them about it. And that's very inefficient. I suppose in an ideal world, what you would hope is that knowledge of individuals would report wrongdoing just because, as opposed to being incentivized to do so. Um, but in the United States, we've accepted the fact that people don't always do the ideal, and that it's better for people uh, to report with incentives than to not report at all. And in your view, what is going on in the financial industry or in corporate America more generally that's causing these employees to keep quiet? Or in other words, why is a financial incentive so necessary to get whistleblowers to come forward? You know, all of the pillars are important to encouraging people to come forward. The ability to report anonymously, the employment protections, and the monetary award all kind of work together to encourage people to come forward. But financial incentives are important because, uh, particularly for those on Wall Street, they're taking enormous risk. Uh, they could be retaliated or blacklisted, and uh, this is a way to compensate them for that risk. And it's also a way to give them the benefit that the public receives from their reporting in, a, in an objective way that is not influenced by politics. If the SEC changed its approach from 10 to 30 percent of the monetary sanctions collected to some sort of discretionary model, then uh, people would be less likely to report because I know it's a shocker. Some people don't trust the government. 
And relatedly, why is it so important to keep whistleblowers anonymous after they've brought their complaints? You could imagine saying, we're incentivizing these whistleblowers adequately through the award system, and many of them already have incentives to, to come forward, whether to protect their organizations or out of concern for the, uh, the victims of misbehavior. So why is it necessary after all that to keep them anonymous? Well, at any point, uh, uh, if the whistleblower identity is known, or even the, the that it's known there was a whistleblower sometimes, uh, whistleblowers are at risk of, of uh, adverse employment action. Um, and so keeping whistleblowers' identities anonymous uh, is the best protection against those bad outcomes. And speaking more broadly, what's going on in the financial sector, in your view, with respect to failures of compliance or uh, failures of business ethics that you know, creates a need for a whistleblower program. You know, there's this growing impression, as you mentioned, after scandals like the financial crisis and the Madoff uh, Ponzi scheme, that there is a crisis of ethics in the financial industry. Do you, do you agree with that? And what's the root cause of it? I do believe that there is a compliance crisis in the financial services industry, but I don't think it's, I, I do not believe that uh, ethical problems are kind of limited to the f financial services industry. I think that um, in corporate America, uh, there are also uh, problems that the SEC enforces and uh, should be corrected. The cause of those problems um, are many. What I do think that is missing in many organizations is a culture of integrity, a culture that would inspire or and protect people who know about wrongdoing uh, to report it. Wrongdoing scandals within corporations don't happen in a vacuum. In many ways, they're like bank robberies. You know, they're rarely one-man jobs, and they're almost always witnesses. And um, that's true uh, with securities violations too. So, if the ethical issues are largely due to a culture problem. Is it your view that the whistleblower program can help address that culture problem, or is there something else we would need to do to change it? Well, I can tell you that uh, the whistleblower program is helpful and important, um, but it's not a panacea uh, uh, to the corruption problem. Uh, what the SEC whistleblower program does is it increases the probability of detection, and that probability of detection deters some people from engaging in wrongdoing. It encourages corporations to establish stronger compliance and internal reporting systems. It encourages organizations that find wrongdoing to self-report. And it allows the SEC to be more efficient and effective in their investigations and prosecutions. Um, but at, at the heart of compliance uh, is establishing a culture of integrity. And um, organizations have cultures. Um, some are more compliant than others. Um, and corporate leaders need to make that a greater priority if they want to avoid front page scandals. So what big structural changes, whether they're incentives based or otherwise, would we need to enact to change that and, and get at that underlying problem of culture? You know, that's a big, a big question and uh, something that I've written about. There's a New York Law Journal article that I wrote on how to establish a culture of integrity. 
Um, but there's three things that come to mind that I think are good first steps. First is an honest self-evaluation of where you are. Too many organizations focus on, do we have a code of conduct? Did we send out the annual letter about reporting wrongdoing and that we care about uh, integrity? Uh, but very few organizations are do commissioning independent surveys of their employees to find out if, in fact, they're living up to their code of conduct and whether they have weaknesses within their organization. So that's something that I think would be an important first step. Another thing that I think is important is looking at whether the values of the organization are integrated into the policies, procedures, and practices of the organization. The University of Notre Dame and Labaton Susharo, my law firm, did a, the largest survey of financial industry professionals in the U.S. and U.K., and one of the disturbing findings was that 32% of respondents said that their compensation structure put pressure on them to do illegal and ethical behavior. And uh, I don't believe that was by design that these organizations created these compensation structures that undermined uh, their values. I think it's because they weren't focusing on the implications of their compensation structures on their values and whether they're integrated. And so I think that's important. The third thing I think is encouraging, protecting, and rewarding people who come forward even if they're wrong. And that's something that people have a hard time understanding is that they tend to look at uh, whistleblowers and ask the question, are they right? As opposed to, are they doing what we asked them to do, which was to see something, say something. And I think if organi more organizations encouraged and expressed appreciation for people who see something and say something, more people will see something and say something, which means the organization will be able to internally address concerns before someone like myself is hired. So this being the University of Chicago, we often ask, we identify a problem in the market, in this case, you know, lack of compliance or ethical behavior among the financial sector companies or corporate America more broadly. And we ask, why hasn't the market and, you know, the incentive structures within the marketplace solve this problem for us? Why does it require additional action uh, from the public sector? So here, this compliance or lack thereof often creates, you know, massive business costs for these companies in, in terms of lawsuits or monetary penalties from the SEC. So why don't market forces figure this out? So I'm not a University of Chicago uh, graduate, so I can't claim as strong an economic background as some of your listeners may have. But I do understand that economics is all about incentives. And a good example is the uh, Walmart case. So Walmart went into Mexico and they have settled with law enforcement authorities about paying bribes to basically get their businesses um, established throughout Mexico. They bribed their way to market dominance in Mexico. Now, they've paid you know, more than a billion dollars in legal expenses and monetary sanctions. But what is the economic value of being the number one retailer in Mexico now and likely forever? I think an economist would say that's worth a lot more than $2 billion or whatever the number is. And so um, the monetary sanctions are substantial, but are they substantial enough? Mm -hmm. 
Can they solve that? And I think the answer is monetary sanctions are, are a deterrent. They're necessary and important, but um, they don't um, solve the problem. Another issue is who pays the monetary sanctions because sometimes uh, individuals aren't charged in SEC and DOJ matters. It's the shareholders who pay the monetary sanctions, not the leaders, and uh, or the insurance companies who pay those. And so the people who are making the bad choices sometimes are not held accountable. So this system of incentivizing whistleblowers with the possibility of monetary awards if they bring forward uh, complaints, it seems similar to what we do in the tort system, what's often called private attorneys general. You know, civil plaintiffs are injured somehow, and they're incentivized to bring cases against companies and change their behavior uh, with the possibility of a monetary judgment in their favor. So one thing we often talk about is that type of private attorney general system could change incentives. So is there any incentive problem here that maybe if you reward whistleblowers for coming forward with a successful complaint, maybe they lack an incentive to address problems in their infancy? I, I know you mentioned most whistleblowers report up before they report out to the SEC, but is there a, is there a chance that people will be less incentivized to address issues before they grow into enough of a problem to potentially get a, a whistleblower reward? That's a good question, and it is a potential risk, but it's not a real risk in the SEC whistleblower context because people are penalized for delayed reporting. They're penalized uh, for um, uh, not taking appropriate action if they're in a gatekeeping role. Part of the brilliance of the SEC whistleblower program is it acknowledges the reality that the SEC can't be everywhere uh all the time and that the market's continually evolving and that they need help and sec whistleblowers and their counsel provide that help um, the other kind of thing about it is in the sec whistleblower context there's no independent right of action so in some ways an sec whistleblower is like a 911 caller they're saying gee there's wrongdoing over there the SEC is the, are, are the cops who respond to the scene, determine whether, in fact, there's a problem. And then if there's a problem, they recommend tar, uh, charges to the, the, the prosecutors, prosecutors, and do some due diligence and ultimately charge. So the risk of kind of whistleblowers running awry and causing problems that are not legitimate um, aren't there because you have an independent body assessing whether, in fact, there's probable cause for a problem and prosecuting it. And there's no way for the whistleblower to monetize the threat of litigation because sometimes that's a concern of corporate America. So they're basically saying, I'm settling with this plaintiff because it's a nuisance and I don't want to waste my time. And so I'm basically paying a little blackmail to make them go away. Um, that's not true in the SEC whistleblower context because the only way that the cases are uh, a whistleblower can be paid is if the SEC finds the wrongdoing and the company settles with the SEC. So there's sort of a safeguard in place. So thinking about other potential effects of the whistleblower program, is it possible that incentivizing whistleblowers to report out to the SEC 
could create some kind of mafia culture among financial companies and corporate America more broadly. For example, if managers start thinking about their employees as potential snitches, is there a risk that they might treat them differently? For example, if there's a potential wrongdoing going on, do they maybe have an incentive to implicate all of their employees so that no one can have clean hands? Is that a possibility at all? You know, in my experience uh, in corporate America and on Wall Street, you don't see sort of the black and white villains like that. I think that you tend to see people who make mistakes, little mistakes that kind of snowball into big mistakes. Uh, so I, I don't see people on the front end thinking about, we're going to commit a securities violation and let's, you know, get everybody on board with it. I think there's times where organizations realize after the fact that there's a securities violation going on and then they have difficult choices about what to do when they just make that discovery. And sometimes organizations do the right thing and sometimes they don't. One way in which corporate America was operating a little bit more like the mafia is that uh, they use secrecy agreements uh, to keep people from reporting wrongdoing. And um, that code, if you will, uh, enforced by contract was something that discouraged people from reporting. But that's something the SEC has uh, been aggressively prosecuting. And companies have, in many, virtually all of them, have changed their agreements to make it so that people understand that they can report crime to cops. So that's, that's less of an issue today. It seems that our current system of regulation and compliance is very adversarial. You have on the one side regulated companies and on the other side diametrically opposed is the government, which is viewed as kind of an adversary. And the whistleblower program is just one manifestation of that. So more broadly, is it possible that we could design a system that's not based on adversarial compliance? Could we instead think of a system that's more about cooperation and working uh, public and private sector together toward better outcomes? I think it's an ideal. Uh, and I think that the SEC has always viewed corporate compliance as the, the first line of defense to protect investors. Um, some compliance systems are better than others. And when I speak to corporate audiences, uh, they often ask, basically, how do I prevent or avoid a whistleblower uh, issues. And my answer is pay close attention to internal reporting because more than 80% of people report internally. And only when it's not appropriately handled uh, or you're at least haven't communicated that it's been appropriately handled to whistleblowers do they go externally. So really it doesn't have to be adversarial and that your employees are already um, working with you or trying to work with you. Are you working with them is really the question. And lastly, do you think there are other sectors or problems that could be addressed through a similar whistleblower program that's been used by the SEC? Is there any other area of the business world or otherwise that you think could benefit from, from a whistleblower program? So we, we currently have uh, whistleblowing uh, for people who defraud the government, for people who fail to pay their taxes at the state and federal level. Um, we have people who commit commodities violations, securities violations. The one area where I think there's a big hole is banking. So yes, banks who violate the securities laws uh, have the SEC whistleblower program, 
but they don't have it for traditional bank banking things. And I get a lot of calls about problems at banks. And I think that's a, a, a miss. And I think the world would be better if this existed, but it doesn't. This has been Briefly, a production of the University of Chicago Law Review. Follow us on Twitter at UshaiLrev and like us on Facebook. You can find more episodes of Briefly on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play.